0: Good morning and welcome to Bear This and That Relationship Radio. I'm your host, Cynthia DeLeonardo. Well, I want to say it is an amazing privilege to come to you today on this winning Wednesday, this beautiful winning Wednesday. It is absolutely amazing by me. There is a chill of reality in the air today. <laughs> There's a chill of reality in the air today. And what is that reality? It's, that it's fall time, right? Fall was last week, Yes. Uh, and it didn't debut until this morning. <laughs> this morning, there is, it's, and, I, and I would say to you, it's a refreshing chill in the air. That's just where it, where, where it should be. But it is chilly, and it does now feel like we're going into the new season. It feels great, but I tell you, it's all chilly. So you're going to need uh, a little covering, an, an extra layer of covering today, something to keep warm. But here's the great news. If you're walking on the sunny side of the street today, you're going to be okay. You'll be okay today. If you're walking on the sunny side of the street, you're going to be real good today, right? So I would say to you, whatever side of the street you walk on today, walk on the sunny side of the street, (laughs) and you're going to be good, yes? And that is the side of the street that I'm sitting on this morning, coming to you on the sunny side of the street, and it's really warm. It feels good. Uh, On this Winning Wednesday... Uh, it's hump day. It's the middle of the week. I ask you, as I do every Wednesday, what goal are you working on? What are you working on? What are you? What are you? What are you going for? And what are you? What's out there on the table for you to win? That's what I want you to think about today as you're going about your day. As you still have a lot of opportunity to take it away by fr- by five o'clock on Friday. Friday at 5 o'clock. You still have plenty of opportunity. What, what are you going for? What are you looking to win? Okay. I want you to be really focused on those things. Okay. Uh, I say to you, on, and on a really good note today, on a really good note, do you know what other significant time it is today? What time is it by you today? It's also World Heart about love world heart day what does world heart day mean to you i know there's a lot of different things that 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 it means but what does it mean to you but when i hear of world heart day i think of a lot of things i think the first place i go and i think about is our health you know how healthy are we right this thing this thing that pumps our blood throughout our body man we got to make sure that it's in perfect working condition yes we got to keep that thing healthy. It, it is the vessel of life, okay? It's what gives us our healthy breaths every day, and, and it's what keeps us alive. So be, before we can even love anything, we have to make sure that that important, that the strongest muscle in our body can do all those things, okay? in a rhythm that gives us easy breaths, and in a rhythm that makes our hearts sing, that we're happy, right? That we're happy people, right? And and when do we get the happiest people? When we're healthy people, right? Nobody's happy when they're when they're unhealthy, yes. So it's about our health. World Heart Day. So I want you to think about your health today. Think about your heart health. Okay, how healthy are you? How do you feel? When's the last time you had that checkup? Okay. What are you doing to keep your heart healthy? Are you exercising? Okay, are you watching things your health? What are the t- kind of things you're putting into your body that could make your heart not work properly? It's it's like that. <laughs> you know, it's the real real reality of what are you putting into your body? Okay, that your heart may not work correctly. Okay, that's the first thing. That's the first thing I think about on World Heart Day because if our heart's not working, we can't, we can't be here. That's the first thing. The second thing I go to is on World Heart Day, who do you love? What does love mean to you? Right? They write songs about, right? We have endless amount of music that talks about love, Right? Who do you love? What do you love? And have, are you in a position to love? Who do you love? Are they accessible to you, okay? Do you wake up next to them every day, which is an amazing blessing some of you have, you know? Okay, I don't wake up with anybody when I wake up. I wake up with strangers in the night, right? But you know, I'm thankful that I have a bed, you know, to go to, okay? So I say to you, if you're waking up next to someone who loves you, you are amazingly blessed, okay? If you wake up in a home and there's people around you in other rooms that love you and that you wake up in that vibe, you have been amazingly blessed, my friends, okay? World Heart Day that you're able to use that muscle, the most powerful muscle in our bodies and utilize it to what it was created for, to love. That's why it's there, okay? The representation for what it does gives life is what it does best. It's there to love, okay? It gives us our breaths and pumps breath into our body via the vessel of love. That's how we live, right? People, you'll find that people who cannot love and don't, can't love nobody, right? Or maybe they forgot to love or they don't want to love, whatever. They're the most unhappiest and saddest people in all the world, aren't they? Because they haven't been given a reason to, to be here. They have nothing to love then when there's nothing to love, what is life's value? What does it really all mean if there's nothing to love? Okay, then you have been stripped of all the wares of the biggest and most powerful vessel that runs and pumps blood through your body. Okay. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say to you on on, on that note. You know, you do you hear what I do every day? I do it most days, yes. I devote most of my time in my in my day that I have from my idle time and I put forth um, I believe I'm one of those people that I believe and I'm really enrolled and it's very serious I'm, bel- I'm enrolled in energy and I come from a school and I don't know where it started or how it started or how I even knew about it I didn't I didn't read about it I wasn't taught anything about it, but I know it and I just and I know it really beautifully, that it is the energy of the world that creates its power. And wherever you put in it's an old saying, wherever you really focus on your energy is where the body is what is what's created in the world. So I live by that and I have lived by that my entire the entirety of my life that wherever you focus your energy is what you create. And I believe that people who, who use the heart and don't utilize, use the heart for just their breathing vessel, but they're not utilizing and representing their heart for what it really means. It's, it causes terrible things, right? What does that mean? It means you're only utili- using your, your heart for the vessel to pump blood through your body, but you're not utilizing your heart in the correct way for what it means, okay? What it means, and what it means is to to love things, okay? And, uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, there's malice in their heart. Well, you know, there's no such thing as malice in people's hearts. That's a myth, you know that, come on. Malice doesn't live there, okay? Malice is created with our mind. Malice does not live in people's hearts, people. Your love might be have a shade on it. Okay, might be closed for business, <laughs> right? May ran out may may have gone out of business and it's now just being used to pump your blood through your body. But malice does not live in in people's hearts. It's not created there. Malice and those sorts of wicked things are created within our minds. Okay, so the heart let me shift back to where, where I started. The heart is for two things. Two things. It's to first pump the blood through our body so that we can live. Yes? And the second thing is so that it can love everything. That's why it's there. It's to love. right? Can we control the heart? Now, we can numb it. We can put a shade on it. We can close it. We can pretend it's not there and it'll just pump your blood and you're just breathing, okay? But you're not really utilizing your heart at its full capacity, okay? So what? what am I, why am I sharing all this? Because... I'm a very strong believer, and I said this many years ago when I had not just a podcast, but I had a podcast on, on an actual broadcast uh, station for which it was, you know, hugely powered, okay? So now, it's, now I just have a podcast and people can tune in or not, okay? But back then I was being powered by something and, and I think more people had access to me. I don't really know who really has access to me now. Uh, I'm not able. No, I'm not able to really get to the numbers. Nobody will really show me. Yes, but what? one I do believe, people talking about world heart day, I think it's a necessary conversation, even if it's a short one. That if you're not using your heart, people, and the capacity for which it was created for you're really doing and contributing a big nothing into this world that you're living in and taking for granted today. That's what I'm going to say to you. You're really not doing your share, contributing like you should be. That's what I'm saying to you. Okay. Uh, what, what, What does that all mean? What does it truly represent? It means then what you're contributing is an energy that 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 takes from the universe but it's not contributing and giving back for the air that you're breathing you know i believe we're all here on a barter program you know i do i believe that our lives that we're living is on barter that you're here and we've been blessed into this society to do something i do not believe we're here to just be a taker i call it rake rake and take you're just here to rake up Right? The good things. The top. Right? The topsoil. Everybody wants some great topsoil. Right? You got to. Let me get some of that. Right? But now here it is. What are you going to give in exchange for your life here? Okay? This is a great a great conversation. I'm not going to make this the whole podcast. But on and respect of World Heart Day and what it really all means. Somebody has to say it. And I don't know what you're hearing all day. Okay? World Heart Day. The heart is here to love and contribute in some kind of way. And I'm asking you today, what is it that you're contributing? What, what, are, you, what are your contributions? You could see, and a lot of people could see where all my time is being spent. Who hears it and who wants to listen and who has access to it is another different story. And Jesus really puts that on you. The fact that I'm not being able to be heard worldwide and that anybody can have access to it. And I'll know exactly who my listeners are. And I can really have uh, analytical access on who and who's who and really who's listening. Okay. But the thing is, is... How are you using the thing in your body? I do believe we're here on a barter program. I do believe that. Nothing nothing else could convince me otherwise. What does that mean to me? It means even a little bit of why you're here has to be given back to show your gratitude for being here. Right? Because we really don't have to be here at this day and time. The fact that we're here is, is truly a blessing. It really is. It's a blessing. So it's, it's what I'm saying right now. It's a reality call to you're here. But what are you giving back in exchange and gratitude that you are here? What are you giving back? I do it every day. I do these shows. I try to give solutions. The 80, 80% of my time is spent giving and contributing for, for, for no money in exchange. I do it as a free service. No one is paying me millions of dollars to do what I do for free, okay, it's, it, it's 100% service, whether people believe that I have earned to be paid, or they think I'm worthy enough that I should make a couple of nickels to support myself on what I do, is a different story. You know, I do that on sometimes Fridays. That every that, that, that a man's work is absolutely worthy of his reward. I do believe that too. I think, and back in Jesus days, people got rewards for for, for the good things that they contributed because that's the way the world works. Yes. Some some men should not be shortchanged. Correct. Getting back to the heart, saying, How are you contributing? Is my question to you? Not for you to answer me or you to write back to me. If you want to do that, that'd be great. But this question is really out to all the people who can listen. That I know is even if you don't like what I'm doing, you're listening just because you want to hear what I have to say, right or wrong, yes? For those that are tuning in, I ask you today on World Heart Day. What are you contributing to this world in exchange for your breath that you take every day? What are you contributing? What are you giving back? I think we have to give back something. Wouldn't you agree? Not just the payroll, not just your work, but how are you giving in exchange for your life being here, okay? And, and here it is, I'll, I'll be very fair. I don't think people should work for free. You know, when you go to a church, when there's pastors and ministers, don't they make money for the church? Some of them millions and millions of dollars and some of them live very lavish lives, by the way. You'll drive up to their driveway and you'll, you'll drive up to a, a, a million dollar property. I'm not saying they're not worthy of it. I say, yes, they are for what they do. Isn't it worth it? It's about making and creating a better society where people have to get to pray, get blessings. And wherever the good word is united, I think that, that, that is worth everything. I do. I believe wherever the good word is united, it's worth everything, don't you? Okay. So I never begrudge people anything. And I don't think people should be working for free when it costs a lot of money to tend to ourselves, yes? It costs a lot of money to tend to yourself, to have a roof, breathe, my clothing, all the things that we need. It costs a lot of money. It's very expensive to live in this world today. But breaking it down to the common denominator, breaking it down to the common denominator, I ask you in good faith for your question on on the table for you today. How do you give back? How do you get back for your breath? Okay, we don't have to be here, right? We all know that, yes? We come into this world, we're breathing, we get smacked on the ass and we take our first breath. It's, it's miraculous, yes? And I would be a liar if I said to you that all those souls, but people who could come back, if they could come back, because they loved it here so much and they got so much love to give, right? Who's that, Barry White, right? Got so much love to give that, man, I just can't do this thing one time. Bring me back so I can do it all over again. Wouldn't we do that, some of us? If we had the opportunity to come back and do it again because it is we Now we realize the bigness of what we had in the first place that maybe we didn't see all the angles before. It's like, wait a minute. Did you realize that there's millions of souls out there that would give anything to take that breath once again with the an agreement that they would be a major contributor and all the things they would do, that they were just given one more chance in which to do it? You understand? You understand where I'm going with this right now? Okay. So, for some of us, we really take these breaths for granted. We do. We're like, man, I could. I'm here, and you know what? I'm just, whatever. I do what I do when I do what I do, and it's my business, thank you. And I say to you, yeah, you're correct, it is your business. But what I also say in our groundedness and our earthiness and our profoundness, that on the last days of life, you'll be back to where you started. And that, and 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 right. Some of us who are on, sometimes we we're on, we lay on our deathbeds, and men, when we when we can we get off that vent, that ventilator, you know, the breathing machine, we're like, oh my God, we've been given another chance, and then we realize just how profound love l- life is, love is yes. Now we realize its true value. To be grateful that we are even here. That there's millions of souls all around us. That if they could just do it all over again, man, they they do it in a snap and a jiffy pop hat, <laughs> right? Yes, they do it in a snap and a jiffy pop hat, and they will do it for any amount of money just to be here and, and pedal on those wheels of life all again, all over again. They would, yes. That's what I say to you people. So what am I saying very clearly? I'm saying that life is amazing, and that whatever it takes to pinch yourself today, that it, to, to not go through the motions, people. I want something you I want you to see something today that this thing cannot be taken for granted. This is huge. You have millions of souls all around you that if they could step into your shoes, they would pay just about anything to have the opportunity again to do so, and they would do it. For the, for the souls that are here and they're so, they don't care, right? One of the my sayings is, I th- I, 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 and I'm heavily enrolled in this, I think the most dangerous man in the world, dangerous men, women, whoever they are, are the ones that become indifferent. They don't care about anything, all right? Whenever we see a man that, that, that becomes reckless and he doesn't care in one category of his life, I'm never talked into that it's just that place that he doesn't care. I believe that that spreads off and is applicable to just about everything in his life. I do believe that. I don't think it's just one little thing that he's not grateful for. I think when someone stops caring that we have to stand back and out, watch out because I don't believe that quality of emotion of indifference can be segmented and boxed, packaged neatly and just put forth to some areas of their lives. I don't believe that. And the reason I don't believe it is because I'm very observant and and I'm a very observing person and I watch people and I look at what they do. I don't say anything, but I watch what they do and I have seen with my own eyes an indifferent man that when they don't care here, Okay, whenever we see people litter, you ever see that drives me crazy, okay? You ever drive behind, I'll use an analogy, drive behind somebody and they just throw all their garbage out onto the street. Or this really drives me crazy when, you, when, I was, when I was driving, okay, when I was driving a car. And you pull into a parking space and you see where somebody just emptied all their ashtrays in that parking spot. And you get out and you step all in, into all the butts and everything and all the ash, and, and, and here it is, the trash can is just a few meters away from them. So what was the difference between taking their trash and walking it and disposing of it properly? Why was it so difficult for those people to do that? Why, I asked, why? The gap in the space and the difference is the, 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 the emotions that overtook hostage of all the good things that they used to think previously, right? where we become a shell of what we used to be and no longer the, 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 the integrity of human being for where we started our first breath. What is that space? That space is when a man decides that he no longer cares. That's what it is. Okay. And what I found when I followed those people, because some of those people I knew or I worked with, and I just sit back because I'm like, let me learn something here, you know. I'm not going to say anything because you just let them be, right? You, because you want to see something, right? And what I found is those same people who threw sh- stuff out their window, that garbage out their window for someone else to clean, were also the same people that were sloppy in every other area of their lives, where there were people living and doing the right thing, cleaning up after them all the time, right? So I believe the most dangerous man in the world is the indifferent man, it's the man who no longer cares. So whenever I see people who don't care, I worry, okay? And then I start thinking about, well, what can I do to, to make this man use his heart again? Because that's what it is, that's why I'm, I'm going here, okay, because it's a heart thing. What can we do to make a, 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 a numb heart come alive again? All right. To, 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 what is the key to turn in that heart to unlock it again? Because okay? it doesn't start that way. How it gets there, it's a lot of variations of many, many stories, yes? But the real question on World Heart Day is how do we unlock those hearts that are locked and shut away? How do we, what are the things to do to get a man who is indifferent and stop caring and throwing all this trash all around, okay? Because the, behave, the behaviors that I worry about from a man that doesn't care won't care about many things that are pertinent to human life. And that's why, that's where I'm going right now, okay? And I'm asking you, if you know people, if you are one of those people, right? What is it going to take? What is the magic? What is the kind of love we have to show you? What are the lessons? Okay. To teach. To be. To model ourselves after. What does it take to recharge what has become numb to you? Numb. Okay. Indifferent. Without cause. Unutilized. Unutilized. And now unused. What is it going to take to open up your hearts so that you can feel the real appreciation and gratitude for the air that you are so freely breathing? I ask you. Okay. Because what I will tell you, what I happen to know, there's millions of souls around you that would love to take your place. There are. Okay. Can they? I say no. But they want to. And they will come here again and do it all over again and do it a hundred times better than you ever could, okay? So what you're taking for granted, there are millions of souls out there given the opportunity. They would dive into, into your soul and say, God, please pick me because I, I'm telling you what I can do for what I could see as miles around these people who have grown numb to what life is really about and its purpose of what what kind of things we should be doing. That's what I'm saying to you on World Heart Day. Okay? So, what I want to leave you with on this is I want you to think about those things today. Okay? What is the state of your heart today on World Heart Day? Is it alive? Okay? We know there's a lot of dead men walking. They're not alive. They're here and they're walking. All right. And they're contributing. But I'm asking you, what are your contributions? What kind of contributions are you making into this world that will lend peace and contribute something that makes it something better? That's what I'm asking you. What makes it what are you contributing? Okay? What are you doing with your heart? Okay? Cuz your heart is attached to your soul. What are you doing with it? If you're walking around and it's and it's no use to anybody, especially you. Wouldn't you agree with me that it's like a wasted life? You know? by your own choice, or maybe not, I don't know, okay, okay, there's a lot of things that happens in life, you know, people could hold you handcuffed, and try to force you to do things you don't want to do, but I would say to you to look at me as a real example, and a poster child for something that really knows how to love something, that's what I'm going to say to you, and I'm going to tell you, you, you'll be looking at someone who doesn't live in a fancy home, doesn't have a luxury, luxurious conveniences and possessions at the convenience and access of her hands okay doesn't have all of these things that most people do have the conveniences that life should really afford us but has her numb gun heart on the value of her of life And I would say, no, look at where she spends most of her time over and over and over again. Like Groundhog Day, she comes back again and again, even though people are convincing her to go another way and to become hardened, sterile, and that they give her no real authentic reason to really breathe and live. That's what that's what God would tell you. Look at her. It's amazing. None of you around her has given you given her a reason to live. Nothing of value, nothing to love, no luxury, no house, no nothing. But yet every day she spends eighty percent of her time, and would spend more of that time if she had a little more privacy in some walls in some kind of way. Okay. Every day, that's where she utilizes and spends her time. She uses her heart at full 100% capacity, even though the people around her have given her no inspiration to inspire her in any way. She's a poster child on how, when a heart really knows what it's up to, it does that thing and doesn't know how to do anything else but those things. It's priority. Priority, and the 20% of her time she uses in defense to guard her heart from you, from those who were trying to tear her down. That's what she does. That's the truth. 80% of her time is used into loving something, and you can see this. This woman really knows how to love something. You can really learn by ripping the pages out of her book and using them in your own lives. And 20% of her time is used in her defense to guard her heart and protect her mind. That's what she does every single day. Okay. So I do not believe and the experiment of her life as she's the poster child that the experimentation that do we become a product of our environment and we know that's not a fact because we look at all the children that come out of of deprivation and really horrible conditions and look at the diamonds that, that are later shined at another time when they are around the people who appreciate, yes? When they see a diamond in the rough, some, somebody with some wisdom says, wait a minute, I know just a million men just passed that thing, but there's a diamond in, in them rocks, and I'm going to go in and get it. And they do. And they find the most miraculous thing that their eyes have ever seen. It's called a diamond in the rough. It's a diamond out there. But a million men will pass by it and and view it as trash. And the one really smart man will look at it and and, and take another look and another look and go, wait a minute, that's something I've never seen. You know, right? It's it's like like on the garage sales, right? You'll have a a hundred people that go to a garage sale and say, for example, you put some priceless antique out there that's worth a million dollars. And a hundred people that day pass it up and down and view it as junk, including the owner who's put it out there. And then one person will come into the garage sale and look at it and pick it up and they'll see it and they'll like, wait a minute. They start angling it and saying, wait a minute, there's something here. And I, maybe I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something here, but there's something here that's a treasure. And it just, it needs a little buffing and shining. And I can really, then I'll really, really see what I got. But they take it, okay, and then they see. Oh my God, this is the most right, and then they have it appraised, right? It's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> it really is, right? I used to sit with my husband. We would sit in our hot tub, right, on Friday nights. It used to come on. It was right after Bob. My husband used to call a, a, a Barbara Wawa, okay. Barbara Walters right right 2020. it was our it was our whole Friday night lineup. We did 2020 came on at 10 o'clock at night. We had to do it. It was it was our it was our coffee for the night. It was something we had to have. There was no options. Barbara Wawa would come on at ten o'clock. We had an hour, and right after Barbara Wawa was was the Antique Roadshow, right? It was our line. It was our Friday night lineup. We were old married couple people, right? Right. <laughs> so what we did on Friday nights, right? As we was in the summertime, as we were sitting in our hot tub with our drinks and everything else, right? It was an amazing time in our lives. We had a lot of fun in those days. And at 11 o'clock, the, the, the antique roadshow would come on, and they would show this person would come, oh my God, I, I found it in the garage sale, and they, it was worth, you know, you know $100,000. And, you know, they put it out there, and I bought, I, I bought it for $5, $5, you know. And then they realized that what they found, what they bought for $5, is actually worth a half a million dollars. Maybe it's an exaggeration to an extreme in some way. But you know what? I have actually seen some of those shows, the Antique Road Show, on PBS. There were some finds like that. It was the most fascinating show I've ever watched. And it's, it's still one of my favorite shows. And it was my favorite lineup to see. Barbara Walters and the Antique Road Show. is my favorite. And yes, we watched it religiously. So I say that to you today because... What I experience in my life is I see a lot of people who, who are deterrents, who are, are, are distracting us from what our heart was really meant to do, okay? So I'm asking you in regard to World Heart Day that I want you to sit down and think about your gratitude, okay? And I think gratitude, that's why this gratitude thing. You ever watch Oprah? And yeah, yeah, I know you got to be living in a cave if you don't know who Oprah is. But Oprah's really big on gratitude. Very big on gratitude. And you know what? Gratitude opens up, uh, you know, a lot of people are just always looking to be vesseled into ways where they think they can become rich and famous and have fat wallets. But gratitude opens up another pair of eyes for your view. It gives you the whole bigness of life and it makes you see the world in its entirety for, for what it really is. And you end up seeing, yeah, fat wallets are amazing, but when we're filled with gratitude, which is side by side, on each side is humbleness because to have gratitude, there's gotta be some eating of some humble pie. You got, there's gotta be some vulnerability in there somewhere. You gotta be vulnerable, okay? And there has to be vulnerability to be humbled. And there's got to be humbleness to feel gratitude. But when you're in a space of gratitude, it's not always about financial wealth. But the wealth and prosperity that you receive is you'll see life and the value of, of people in its entirety. You won't miss anything. That's why Oprah, right? Oprah is... We get a dose of Oprah, man, and Oprah really opens up our eyes to a lot of things because she lives in that space. And yes, she's a very wealthy woman, and yes, she's got a lot of amazing. She's got this amazing life, but she didn't start there. Okay, she doesn't. She didn't know what it was like to have that spoon forced down her mouth as a baby, as an infant. That's not how she started. So it wasn't an entitlement that she had to the reason she has her wealth today. It was something that she earned and she found her way. And and, and what I will say is that she got very blessed to have people on all of her sides that helped her on that road and didn't detour her in, it, deter her in any way. Nobody was taking her on a detour. They said, man, she's got it. And we going to unblock them roads, and we're going to let her go with it, okay? So she got real blessed that way. A lot of us haven't, and in, we go to the road, and there's a big old block thing where we cannot drive down the road. But Oprah got very blessed, okay? So Oprah comes up with these things that I love and, and, and she's, it's really in, and on my side of life because I'm all up into this stuff deeply because I really know and I receive it and I live there and I do. I could clean a toilet, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm writing a book, whether I'm spending time with my kid or whether I'm cleaning someone's poopy toilet. I do it to the best of my ability. I do, because it's the space that I live in. And it's not a question of, you know, you think you're better. Because I had someone come to me like that recently. You think you're better, and they were talking to someone else, but I knew the whole thing was addressed to me. But they didn't have the, the the gumption to direct it to me. But I knew it was about me. I have never ever in the entirety of my life walked into any space with an attitude that I am better than people. It's not. My mother would have slapped slapped the damn guts out of me. There was no tolerance for that kind of human being in my home, not where my mother came from. And my mother's beginnings are as humble like Oprah's, no toilet and outhouse and all those things, even worse than Oprah, okay? You wanted to eat, you had to go out and kill the animal to eat, that is true. That's how my mother grew up. You want chicken? You didn't get it convenience and go to, the, go to the store and it was all prepared for you and defeathered. You had to go out and kill the chicken and then you would have it on your dinner plate tonight. That's how they lived and the kids had to do it, okay? These kids had to, had to have an, uh, a side of steel applied to their guts, their soul, right? You want to eat meat tonight, well, you're going to have to go out and get it, okay? Nobody was going to serve it to you, Okay? That's where my mother came from. And that is the woman that I was raised by. So don't ever, ever think people that you could ever get away with that nonsense just telling me that I ever walk in with that attitude because my mother would have slapped the damn guts out of me if I ever did. It's not how I was raised. Okay. Very, 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 very humble beginnings. My mother was raised. My mother was an orphan. Okay. She was an orphan. Orphans don't come in with that attitude, they're the most humble, gracious people that you'll ever meet by scars, okay? They're humbled by the amount and deepness of their scars, it's just the way it is, okay? It doesn't make it a sad thing, it's just who they are and they walk in that space for the entirety of their lives. They don't know how to be any other way, it's who they are, okay? So wrong take on me, by the way. I couldn't do what I do every day and be walking and not getting paid and have some sort of vanity head where my head was bigger than the doorway. It's not who I am. My mother couldn't have ever taken that kind of a child in her home. Okay. And the minute I would have come in with that spirit, I would have had to leave and check myself and then re-enter into her doorway. There was no, that kind of nonsense did not live in my house, okay, from my father, nobody, nobody came to us like that, okay, that's nonsense, right? So take that spiel and point it in a direction where it grows. It's not in my backyard. And it sure enough didn't come in raised from my, farm, my, fam- my mother's farmland, okay? <laughs> then I wasn't grown from that seed, honey, okay? And anybody who knows me, know my mother did not harvest those kind of seeds, yes? Okay. Yes. On this day, I very humbly ask you, to have a heart to heart with yourselves privately in your own room, okay? Nobody has to know anything, be to anything. In the privacy of your own space today, I ask you, what is it that you're doing with your heart beside it being the vessel that pumps your blood every day, <laughs> okay? All right. And if you say, even if you just say, well, I love my family, well, then that's enough because I really do believe if a man truly loves his family, that he can love someone and have respect. I truly believe I'm enrolled hundred percent that if a man truly, and I'm not talking about people who just say it, but they don't even know what it is. I'm talking about people who truly love their family can have the ability to look at someone else's family and have due respect. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's what I am saying. Why do I believe that? Because I truly love my family. I love my child so much that it makes my head spin. But that love is so deep and down to the core from which I've been made. That that is the very same thing that leads me to the space where I currently live. And when I look at people, I have a very deep-rooted respect for them because I love my own that much. That's why. That's true. So I'm 100% enrolled there. I believe when you love your family that much, that it would be very difficult for you to look at another person's family and not have due respect for theirs. Okay. If you really, truly know what love is, and if you ever want to really test yourself, because I think I really know what love is, I say to you to look at someone else's family and test yourself. Do you really respect those people, even though they're not yours? You ever hear a man say, I can't love them as much because they're not my own children, they're your stepchildren? Then you don't really know how to love anything. I really, and I would say that to your face, okay? <laughs> really, I would say, well, you don't know. They write songs about this. Well, you don't know what love is, right? You, don't, you haven't really discovered the vessel of the, and you're not on the road that leads to it. And I say to, 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 check, to, to check yourself and to find a road that does lead to, and I ask you, okay? That's what I'm asking. Okay, and I have known people that have said those things. Thank, thank God, my God, my my stepfather did not take on that attitude with me because I was not his. Right, I was somebody else's. Right, it's common knowledge. I was somebody else's. And I thank God that when my stepfather came to live with my mother, that he didn't look at me that way with those set of eyes. I would have been a doomed a, a stepchild. You know, right? I would have been doomed. I would have been the doomed redheaded stepchild, as they call it. Okay, So what I, I very truthfully ask you, if you want to really test yourself and do it privately, look at another family and ask yourself, do you have respect for them? And, I'll, and, I, and it will show you how much you truly, authentically really love your own family. I believe that if you don't have due respect, without giving a cause for someone else's family that you don't truly know how to love your own. That's what I'll I'll, I'll, I'll safely say to you, all right? (laughs) All right. That's how we check ourselves to see where we are. And when I asked that question earlier in my podcast about how do we change the numbness of a man's heart, that's how. I don't believe you can spank a man and say you have to love me more it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't work that way, okay? It's got to be something that we discover privately for ourselves. Yes, you can't spank a man. You can't punish him, right? Your wife ever go up to you, you better love me more. You better show me more things than that you love me. It doesn't work that way. We'll go through the motions and we'll bring her flowers and jewelry and whatever she wants. But does it change the temperature of your heart? No. It doesn't change anything. What changed? You're bringing in more stuff to pacify her and put a mask over it and disguise itself that, yes, you do love her more, right, for what she's asking for, yes? But does it truly change the temperature of your heart? No, it doesn't, okay? The only way, and I asked that question and now I'm answering it for you. I wanted you to ask yourself that question and just hear it for yourself privately, the only way to change a man's heart that has become stale and different okay I do not believe malice grows there I don't believe that myth that that's that's created in our minds yes I do believe that we can lock guard and wall up our heart and that it's no longer accessible to us I do believe that 100% I'm sold and bought into it And I believe the only road to that change is for those people to see it and want to do something about it. That's what I'm enrolled in completely. You have to see it. And that's why I say, I just gave you that analogy. That's a way to check it. Look at another man's family. Okay. Look at, an, look at your stepchildren. If you're one of those people that say, I don't love them as much as I love my own, you're, you're, you're exactly who I'm talking about right now. You're exactly who I'm talking about. Those people, that they don't look at a child as something as beautiful as their own. It's got to be your own child to, to love them that much, to that extreme. And I say, you're exactly the person that I'm having this conversation with right now. So I'm asking you, to take a look at it and I'm asking you the question is what are you going to do about it do you want to change okay only you can only you have that key I do not believe there's a human being that has that key to you I don't (laughs) I think you have to want to do something about it before something can happen regarding it I'm completely from that school of thought right it's like um people with addictions and stuff. I've had that in my family. And what What did we discover? That no matter how fancy the facility was, no matter who took her, who kept her, who supported her, it came down that she had to be the one to say, I want to change this. And I have all the support around me and now I'm going to go in the flow of that support instead of against it. But she was the only one that could actually make the change and we saw that by experience she went to a a hundred different facilities some of them not so much and fancy and some of them very very expensive and people in the family paid a lot of money to have her there okay and what we discovered is that to the deepness of her core she really didn't want to do it and where she failed at her own life only the the real close family knows they know I don't know so much I think it was very early in her life that she that she said um she agreed with the people around her and she gave in she had all these people around her that said she couldn't do it and there was one day that happened that she agreed with them and said okay I agree with you I'm nothing I agree with you I'm nothing I'm never I'm nothing today and I'm never going to amount to anything just as you say. And she completely enrolled in the environment that was created for her. They said she was going to be nothing. They weren't going to pay her. They weren't going to give her a job. If she got into bed with somebody, it was only going to be for them to to, to chill their rocks, to heat their rocks. Okay. If she ever got into bed with a man, it was to heat his rocks. But it wasn't in the form of real love in any way. And I, and I got to see that, that part, unfortunately. It was a horrible thing for me to put people to watch, really care about people. Okay. They all got together. And I saw that. And I was the only one. My husband and I were the only one that threw her the lifesaver. We were. We threw her the lifesaver time and time again. Okay. But here's what happened. More people pulled up the ship that was shipwrecked you ever I see a ship you ever pull up to a place and you're like why is that ship ashore and you realize it has not been on the sea for God only knows how many years right on the windows the bust and everything looks bad but you could see that at one time that it was like an antique it's beautiful if it was restored yes That's what her life became. They all got together and they said you're nothing you're zero. You're not anything today, and you, I don't care what you do and how much talent you have, you're not going to be anything tomorrow or the next day and the next day. And there was a point in this poor girl's life that she said, Okay. And she resigned to what do they call it? They call when you resign to something that you really give up. It is the right when you give up, and it's where I was somewhere on this podcast that the most dangerous man in the world is the man that no longer cares because they become indifferent. And what happened with this girl in this particular case, that she was the kind of uh, great spirit. I really fell in love with her. And uh, to be honest, and my husband knew this, I, I said, out of all the people, out, all the kids in the family, she's got the most value. I actually said that to my husband. No offense to him. I said, you're really good too. But I said, out of the five of you, the the person that actually has the most value is her. She was the most loving. She was the most giving. She was the most gregarious. She was the one that should have been a mother of 10 kids. She had so much love to give. I didn't understand where it came from. But with all of that pressure that came onto her as a kid, somewhere on her journey... She resigned herself and gave up because the pressure was so intensely thick, okay? And on the day that, and when I met her, she was on the line. She was like, she she was 50% foot in and 50% out, okay? When she was still paddling, but half, 50% of her was like, uh, you know what, this, this, could go, this is a crapshoot right now. And that's when I met her. I met her when she was in that space. And I got to see, because I was with my husband for a little, maybe like 30 years or something like that, I got to see the slow progress of her resi- start to resign and give in to the climate for which she was being completely influenced. Okay, me not being one of them. I said to my husband, it's a shame that she couldn't stay with us because when she was with us, we could have helped her. We were in a position to help her, okay? But when she went outside the store, all the wolves were out there to tear her apart. They had made a decision what she was going to be, who she was never going to be, and you know what? In the end, they won, but let me tell you what they won. They won the difference of the pain that was crying from her soul is what they won at the end of the day if you really want to know the truth of what happens when you do that to those kind of people okay I'll tell you like a priest like a pastor would tell you okay, like a reverend would tell you let me tell you what they won that day they won the pain of her soul that was constantly crying out every day to be saved that's what they won that was the reward people okay I'm going to tell you Billy Graham's style. That's what they took away. That was the prize. Okay. Let me tell you how that prize is now working in those lives. It's back battling. It's not living the high life. It's, it's, it's desperately trying to save their lives. That is how it's living today. Because it wasn't a good thing. You see what I'm saying? Where I'm going with this. All right? They didn't use their heart with her. What they want, people, is the pain of her soul was the reward. Okay? Because she was paddling. And I'm telling you, even when she was on her end days, she was the most beautiful person that I had. I'm telling you. I used to cry. The tears that I have cried. And even today, how I respect her soul is absolutely enormous. I build this girl up like no other. That's amazing. The love I have for her is amazing. Because I could see right into her soul even on the first day I met her. I could see it. Okay, I could see it. Okay, I could see it. It was huge. Okay. But what they won, they did not bargain for, you see. all Right? They didn't bargain for it. tell, tell it to you Billy Graham style what the reward what they won for which they were seeking has not blessed them in any great way if anything it's been a curse unto their lives okay because what they did what did the judge say in the Supreme Court every day of her life she was screaming get your foot off my neck and she was struggling for air to breathe every day of her life until the end of her life was no more. Yes. That's what happened to this poor woman's life. She was the most beautiful woman physically too I had ever seen. And I got to see very painfully that she became the person that you would cry just at the sight of her. It was so horrible what happened to this poor woman. She was still today she is one of the most organically beautiful people I've ever seen. Okay, and then the, the mother and father in that family made a lot of beautiful, because I mean, their kids were just unbelievably gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, with nothing, <laughs> nothing added to them. But what was different about her is she had the personality that went along with it. It wasn't a band anything. She was just really that beautiful. She really was. Okay. So I say to you today, to. When you do that to people, that's your reward, people. I see it. I'm telling you, I don't even have to physically come into contact with those people. I could feel it. God shows me the way. He shows me. He's like, look at what happened to those people. They all stepped on her her breathing, on her heart. And the reward they got was the suffering of her soul. Amen. Yes. Billy Graham style. Yes. As I conclude this podcast and I continue into my usual thing that I do. Yes? What I'm asking you to do today is to use your heart. Utilize it into the correctness for which you were given to breathe. And that can only be done with your gratitude and your humbleness that you have respect for someone's life. Respect. You may not have to honor them but to disrespect them without cause or reason. The reward will always be the suffering of their souls for which they were living. Now you get 100% into the palms of your hands. It's now for free. You have it. Now what are you going to do with that pain? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with that pain now that you have that you asked for, that you prayed for, and now it's all yours to have at the death of those people. That's what happened. And the day she stopped breathing, those people got that gift and that reward at 100% at its height. Amen. Okay. Billy Graham style today, right? Like capable of doing a lot of different things here on this podcast. Yes. Okay. I can be all things, right? What do they say? I can do all things through the power of Christ. I do believe that. I can do a lot of different things, but I do it in respect for life. Okay? I do it respect for life. And I say to those people, while you're still here and you can change those things, that when you step on someone's neck and you decide to stop them from breathing while they're still here alive, That the reward will be the suffering of their soul handed to you on the day of their death. Amen. Yes? Okay. So on that note, I ask you, do something. Open up your heart so that it can truly be utilized. And correct your mind for the warpness that it is being. Yes? That's what I'm asking you on World Heart Day. All right? Okay. I thank you so very much. It is always an honor to have an opportunity. Whoever's listening, I know somebody's listening. Yes.